0: We are jumping into perfectionism. I love this topic for so many reasons. Mostly because I think it's a really, really big issue today, and I, and this is possibly grounded in research, possibly just my intuition, but perfectionism is it's wildly out of control today. And I think I'll, I think that the the reason for this, why, why there's so much more of it, is because. We live in a distracted society where parents and caregivers are distracted by many things. It could be devices, social media, it could be work, could be overcommitment. We are just doing so many things and our attention is pulled in so many different directions. Therefore, our children have to do kind of additional things to get and seek attention. So they develop this perfectionistic, people-pleasing tendency because they have to strive extra lengths to, to get the attention that they should already have because we're in a a world that moves so fast and that pulls our attention in so many different directions. So it is a world where everyone really (laughs) is striving for perfectionism. Think about social media and just our lives in general. We want the perfect house, the perfect job, the perfect network, the perfect body, all these things. And it's especially out of control in Western world in the United States because of the lifestyles that we live and we breed. And it's not you know, shocking to anyone that based on, on research that perfectionism is up significantly, tremendously since 1980. So why, why are we striving to be perfect and kind of what's behind it? And what what it is, is it's this desire to feel safe and kind of socially and, and also globally connected. It's Stemming too from social media and the comparison game, we compare our lives and connectedness and all these things to other people around us who put their best, you know, face forward and put their best. Um, I think what the word is, <laughs> social media is like a highlight reel. They, they, this is a highlight reel of their life. It doesn't often or always show all of the imperfections, and therefore we set these unrealistically high expectations. So as a person who really has experiences myself, it's expectations are high of myself, of my partner, of the people that I'm around. And then what happens is when people don't meet these expectations, I feel disappointed. So I frequently feel disappointed because I have unrealistic expectations of self and others the more we strive for perfectionism, the less satisfied we'll be with our lives because it doesn't exist. We are not perfect. We can't be perfect. We're made imperfectly. So if we chase perfectionism, it will become a race towards anxiety and depression. That will be our end result. And let's, let's jump into that a little bit. So as a person who experiences anxiety, the, these are thoughts of the future. We are anxious when we are thinking too far into the future, we're predicting the future or mind reading. We're doing all these things that cause us not to be present. Depression is when we are stuck in the past. We are grieving the loss of, or we are thinking about the, the what used to be or the history of. So anxiety is the future thinking. Depression is stuck in the past. So what heals both of these things coming to the, the present Practicing and doing things that bring you to the present, bring you out of anxiety and out of depression. So if you know you have perfectionistic behaviors and out of those things, you're experiencing anxiety or depression, bring yourself back to the presence by practicing something like mindfulness, meditation, a walk, nature, any of those things. All right. So why why is this so important? Why am I spending time on it? Why do I care? Not only because I have experienced it in my own life, but because there are, um, let's say, impacts of perfectionistic behaviors. So here they are. The 11 dangers of perfectionism. They reduce productivity. And that, that makes it, that's, that's so obvious to me because when you're stuck in anxiety or depression, you're using a lot of mental energy. You don't have the mental energy available to be productive. And when you feel heavy emotions like disappointment, it, it drains your, your mental bandwidth. It does not make you successful, makes you quite unhappy, as I just shared um, about my own bouts of disappointment. It robs you of joy because you're not in the present. It ruins your self-esteem. It is selfish because we want things to kind of happen our own way on our own timeline. And therefore we need this sense of control. And that becomes a very subconscious, but selfish act. It leads to procrastination. It often will negatively impact your relationship with your partner, your spouse, your family, and it can be replicated in the bloodline. So it's a chemical change in the brain when the brain chemically changes and you have Children, your offspring, those chemical changes are passed down to your kids. So, until that chemical change is reverted back or altered by doing corrective work, it's just going to continue to be passed down from generation to generation. Want to learn more about that? <laughs> Research epigenetics. It can lead to addictions. So, let me tell you a little bit more about how and why because of the overwhelm of the expectations. Um, really leads us to indulgence in things like drug or alcohol, drugs or alcohol to cope with those things. So what else? What are the last two? It could possibly make uh, one abusive. So you might criticize yourself or others ruthlessly, so abusive to yourself or emotionally abusive to someone else, and it affects your overall health because it increases stress hormone and uh, the likelihood of burnout. So 11 dangers of perfectionism. How do you know if you are a perfectionist? Well, do you often get agitated by your actions or the actions of others? Do you feel things should be done your own way, Do you wait for the perfect moment or time to embark on something? Do you rarely admit your mistakes or talk about them? Does asking for help seem like a sign of weakness? Has anyone ever called you a perfectionist? So what I'm going to ask you to do is pause this episode, go back and re-listen to those questions, mentally check off yes or no. If you check yes for more than you check no, then you are a perfectionist and that perfectionist scale as a continuum, uh, you can be like far on the left where you're very overly perfectionistic, I E me right in the middle or not perfectionistic at all. And it's not a, you know, necessarily a bad thing. There are a lot of beautiful things to having high expectations and and striving for perfectionism um, on a small, small scale. But overall, we want to be realistic about those things and know the detriments of Striving for perfect all the time. The good news is, or the benefit of knowing if you are a perfectionistic person or tend towards perfectionism, is there are things that you can do and that will help you and everyone around you to feel a lot, lot better. So, what are some things that we can do when we know we are perfectionistic or tend to be more perfectionistic? Eliminate the negative talk and the negative thoughts. Speak kind words to yourself accept and speak about your imperfections make forgiveness a lifestyle prioritize self-care mindfulness presence be intentional about your life and lean into your core values live and eat healthy and then another one and this is not an all-encompassing list is just a list of a few is consider your love language. How can you treat yourself with your love language? So if it's acts of service, tidy up your environment. If it's gifts, buy that clothing item that you want. If it's quality time, set aside time for relaxation or pursuing hobbies. If it's physical touch, get a hot bath or, or schedule a massage. If it's words of affirmation, do a daily affirmation. So all of these things can help you to feel more loved by yourself, bring you back to the present and combat perfectionistic behaviors. So as I said, perfectionism isn't isn't all bad, but it's helpful for us to be aware of it so that we can do some things to ground and come back to neutral. So we're not living in that state because living in that state constantly is going to drain you. I know from experience. Okay. So it would be very beneficial because I went through those things really fast If you were to go back, pause, and listen to the things that we could do as a result of perfectionistic behaviors and how to correct it, and maybe pull out one or two that feel good to you and think about how you can embed those in your daily life. Where can I add some of these things or where can I make modifications so that I can work to correct all of these things? All right. And that takes us to today's listener question, which is how to get kids to listen. How do we get kids to listen? Starts with communication. Starts with your language. The words you use, the tone, the body language, the energy you hold, all of those things are going to impact the way kids listen to you and then follow the directions or do what you're asking them to do when when you're asking them to listen. So check your language first, all forms of language, body and verbal and um, the words you use because respect begets respect. So if you are communicating disrespectfully, naturally you're breeding disrespect in your child authoritarian method isn't always the best method. The other thing you can do is pop into our blog page because I wrote seven different tactics for communication. And on our courses page, I have a whole course around effective communication, how to get kids to listen. And there are seven different communication strategies on there for you to use to improve your communication to get kids to listen. All right, I'm going to leave you with my favorite, which is get kids to listen by giving them information. What does this mean? Instead of telling them what to do, give them information about what you want to do. So for example, they leave their plates out and you want them to clean up their plates. Instead of telling them to put the plates away, just give them the information about what you want them to do. Plates belong in the garbage. Plates belong in the dishwasher. Plates belong in the sink. This sets up a problem for them to solve and allows them to solve it how they want. So it's not taking away all the ownership. It's not taking away the control. It's not taking away the power. It's putting it back on them. And that breeds respect. All right, to wrap up the show, try at home tip, which is search the woman named Sarah, S A R A H. Blondin. B-L-O-N-D-I-N. She is a meditation guide, author, and storyteller. I found her on the app Insight Timer. And I listened to her meditation tracks and I've taken all of her courses. She also has a book out and she has a podcast. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you tune into her because she's got some amazing content that is shared and told in such a beautiful way. And it's so easy to follow even if you're not a meditation person or don't have a meditation practice already embedded. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us Podcast. Remember our tried at home tip, which is to search Sarah London. If you have a question you would like me to answer on a future episode, email me at podcast at the behaviorhub.com or send a text, 717 693 7744. And I gave you a lot of information today. So, Don't just tuck it away and forget to go back to it. Apply it right away. Teach it to someone else. Tell it to someone else. Share the episode with someone else or comment below and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thanks for joining me.